everybody wins. Tell your neighbor, tell your friend, we're going to make America great again. Come on, make America great again. Welcome back to the Devin Nunes Podcast. This week, we're coming from Miami, Florida. And as you know, I've converted my podcast this year into a podcast that features folks that are on True Social. And one of the first companies to join True Social was a company called Locals. Locals is a company that a lot of people have, have, have heard of, but they don't realize is now affiliated with Rumble. So Rumble actually bought Locals, and they are actually featuring small content creators. So this is another part of the parallel economy, another part of the ecosystem, another part of the infrastructure that has to be built in order for us to make sure that we have an uncancelable network so that people of all nationalities, but of course the American people first, or we try to give the people their voice back, opening up the internet, creating freedom, and allowing people to say what they want to say. And Locals has been an integral part of that, giving a home to small creators. And this week, we're lucky enough, I was down here for the Judicial Watch conference, and we were lucky enough to be able to stop by the Locals headquarters and meet with the CEO, Asaf Lev. He's actually from Israel, but Asaf, welcome to the Devin Nunes podcast, and thank you for all, all your help on True Social. But of course, and thank you, and welcome to the Local Studio. Absolutely. So you have only been in America, what, 10 years? Yeah. I, in America for about 10 years, uh -huh. uh, was born in Israel, first generation actually in Israel. Uh, both my parents uh, were born outside of Israel. Um, yeah. Where, where at? Where were they born? So my dad was bo born in Iraq and my mom was born in Morocco, which wow. I'm, I'm quite a mix, That's you know? A mix, yeah, yeah, quite a mix. So first- And a lot of that diaspora that was, that was brought back uh, you know, to Israel over yes. the course since the founding yeah. of what, 75 years now of the founding of, of, of the Israeli, of the country. Yeah, I think it's something very unique to Israel and yeah. something that I saw also here, the diversity that we have in Israel. If you look at Israel, it's a, a melting pot in a way of, of Jewish people that came from different countries right. and actually built Israel and, and yeah. And so you were born in Israel and then you actually spent some time before you got into tech Yes. You were in the military for a while, right? You right. Were, so I served, I served in the IDF for about four and a half years. Mm -hmm. I was also like uh, a combat officer. I always have to say for people that are uh, thinking about the military, I think across the world, it's like a, an amazing uh, experience to have. Mm -hmm. In Israel in particular, the IDF, I would say it's the best education system that we have uh, from teaching values to soldiers and getting a lot of responsibilities in a young age. Uh, so I was lucky enough to go to an officer course uh, and represent Israel and the IDF in different program. And then afterwards, uh, I went to study engineering in Ben Gurion University. So that was basically my story with uh, Israel. I was always thought that I'm going to stay in Israel, by the way, never thought I'm going to leave Israel. Mm -hmm. I happened to uh, meet my uh, wife uh, in Israel, and that's part of the reason why we decided. Oh, uh, it yeah, happens to all of us. It happened to everyone, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then after Israel, um, we moved to New York, actually. So that's how I got to United States um, straight after college. In Israel, you go to college a little bit later. So I finished college when I was 28 because I served in the military. Then you go to college and then uh, got to United States and really um, started to like uh, explore my passion, which is uh, building products and doing technology stuff. Yeah, and... Just so for the audience to know, because uh, some may not know this, but but everyone in Israel 
Everyone has to serve in the military, right? Correct, yeah. So at least, what, one year is the minimum? So the mandatory uh, time to serve for, for um, uh, boys in Israel, it's three years, and for girls, it's two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so three years is a mandatory um, that they are doing. And of course, if you want to continue, and then you are basically uh, working in the military, if you are an officer, if you decide to continue, then you expand it. Yeah, and look, and it's been, you know, I've worked, you know, been in Israel many times, and uh, in my old, old job and old role, Spent a lot of time with the uh, Israeli Defense uh, Forces and intelligence agencies, and you know it's a tough part of the world. Tough part of the world, and the Israelis have been lucky to survive. Uh, a lot of people that don't obviously don't like them, and so I know it's a yeah must have been a great experience for you. What because what years were you in? Were you in? So I was in the military. I joined the military in two thousand and two for the infantry, yeah. um, and. Um, we obviously, as you, as, you, as you know and as you mentioned, it's a very uh, complicated place, I would say, uh, Israel. It's also putting stuff in proportion for a lot of people. When you live uh, in a country that you are surrounded by enemies, it's one of the reasons why uh, we have a lot of innovation in Israel and why a lot of Israelis got into tech. It's because you can't really go to your uh, neighbors and do business with them, so you have to like uh, innovate mm -hmm. and think about creative ideas. And I think... Um, for better or for worse, for Israel, it's also what built our country. So I think uh, the fact that we are a country, very young country, by the way, that was built by immigrants and we are surrounded by enemies, it's actually embraced the innovation in the country and it's something that it's, it's part of our DNA. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, as many people who listen to my podcast know, I come from the largest agricultural uh, area in the world. They call it the breadbasket of, of the solar system, the San Joaquin Valley. But um, when my when I was younger, my mother actually worked uh, for an Israeli company, and so when I was going to school, I got to meet all these interesting kids that were that would come over and work. The parents were working mm. for this company, and I got to went to school with some of them. Uh, enjoyed enjoyed those times, but you're exactly right. What made me think of it is you know here we're the breadbasket of the solar system, sitting in California, San Joaquin Valley, and yet some of the best technology that. That, you know, came even in those days. This was, you know, this has been some, you know, 30 years ago, and this was equipment uh, that was used in in orchards mm -hmm. and orange groves and things of that nature. That because uh, we grow 300 different crops, and so we got this uh, very sophisticated equipment that the company that my mom worked for, um, some of the first company that would come and and actually hedge and lift people up to to basically simplify. Uh, mechanized uh, agriculture, basically, yeah. so it, you know less hand labor. So I had that that interesting uh, experience growing up, and then later be back, or to be in Israel then, and to go and see the company there, it was it's, it's quite enjoyable. And in fact, sometimes I usually see uh, the family that still come. They'll they'll come, and well, the company's still in my hometown, and so I'll get to see them, have them over for dinner, that sort of thing. It's great. Yeah, so it's been a a fun thing, just. Uh, uh, just a, something I could put in real life of that technology that's come to America. But you've brought a different type of technology to yeah. America. And I think a lot of people how would you, you know, don't even know what Locals is yet uh, because it's just a growing company. But how would you define it just in, in simply put? What does Locals do? Locals provide tools for creators to be independent. And what it means to give some context as to like why we even started the company. So my co-founder is Dave Rubin, which is uh, a well-known content creator. And about two years ago, um, he was um, decided to leave Patreon. It was together with Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris. Mm -hmm. 
And they saw that Patreon started to do some type of censorship. Mm -hmm. um, um, and he came to me, so my background was more with building technology uh, products. And he said, Asaf, I really want to build something where I'm going to own my users and really define my business. He wanted to be completely independent. Mm -hmm. And we built it for Dave. And I discovered a really interesting business model. What we discover is that when you take an, an established content creator and you give him tools to go directly to his audience, he will make more money compared to what he's making on the other platform. And we said, uh, let's check this um, um, hypothesis that we have. And we started to go to some of Dave's uh, circle. So we started to work with, with, with small content creators, as you mentioned in the beginning, uh, if it was like uh, Bridget Fedesi and Michael Mellis and Scott Adams and others. And we saw that it works for them as well. And then uh, uh, we raised some money and we started to really build the company with the same ideology that we have in day one. And it's how can we build the best possible solution where creators are gonna be first and they will be able to communicate directly with the audience. Okay. So on locals today, you can do live stream and communicate with your supporters. You can have a live chat, you can publish articles and slowly, slowly we build more and more features. Everything that we do on locals uh, work on a subscription model that give much more autonomy um, to the creators and they control it all together. And the business uh, grew very well for us. And we actually discovered that this entire creator economy uh, during COVID was actually uh, quite popular and more creators wanted to jump on board and we were able to uh, grow and accelerate the company at this time. Yeah. One of the things that that I think is interesting is this this whole idea where the, the creators themselves can move everything over to locals yeah. and it's... It's, you can be fully immersed with all the different uh, types of, of um, uh, venues that you want to use to get your message out, right? So, you know, in my old life, I had ways, you know, I would send out emails or I would, you know, post a video right. or I would post a podcast. And it is kind of cool where if you join locals and you just follow those people, and then you can interact with those people directly. Yeah. Um, and you can post your, and, and this is a new feature that you have now. Not only can you post a video, but now you also can post in um, like Substack. Yep. It's, you've created basically Substack for locals now. Yeah. I don't know what you're calling it, but I don't know. So, Does so it have a name? Essentially what, what Substack is, which is another uh, great solution that gives creators the ability to write independently. The way that we see it, we are thinking that um, the days of the traditional networks are going to fade away. Yeah you already see that uh, uh, most of the big channels in the United States are losing uh, ratings and viewership to independent creators, right? right? And what we believe, why wouldn't every creator build their own on-demand um, service? And we want to basically uh, uh, be the backbone and the technology company that is allowing you to go completely independent. So when you build your own uh, on-demand service, some of it will be videos, some of it will be podcast, but some of it will also be written articles like what Substack is doing. And recently we actually announced that uh, we started uh, to work also with Glenn Greenwald, which is a, a well-known journalist that has uh, a show on, on Rumble. And we actually built for him the functionality on locals. And I think it's actually a great um, a, a story because that's how we build most of the core feature that we have on locals. So just to give another example, on May of last year, uh, we work with a creator, which I know is also on Truth Social, Dinesh D'Souza. Yeah. And Dinesh D'Souza wanted to um, um, distribute his movie, 2000 Mules, independently. 
And uh, we started to um, to have a conversation and he basically shared with us how he see this thing work and we build it based on uh, Dinesh's need. And I think that the results uh, spoke for themselves. And what Dinesh proved is that he can take a movie that he produced and put it completely independently and he crushed it based on the results. He really crushed it and he created not only success for himself, he's also paved the way for other creators that now can come to locals and do it to us and sell their own independent uh, 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 movies or special. And that's really the model that we see that will 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 be dominating the future. Yeah, this is something that we should pull the thread on a little bit here because uh, you know, the fake news, most people know, that, you know, my opinion is that 95% of it's fake. It's largely fake because it's owned by very few people. I mean, there's very few, you know, now you've got some corporate, but because the news, the, the, you know, the, the news is fake. People are tuning out, and subscribers are going down. Viewers are going down. Um, some of it is their own fault. Some of it is because of the, this new technology. But then, sadly, what's happened is is that now you've got billionaires that have come in and bought up these supposed news agencies. I think just breaking uh, in the last a few days has been even uh, the guy, the FTX guy, the, the Madoff Jr., I forget his name, SB Sam, Sam yeah, yeah. something another, Freed, Sam Freed or yeah. something like that, um, which I think we're going to hear a lot more about him this year. But uh, it just came out that he was actually funding three different news agencies. That just broke in the last few days. So you can clearly see these guys get money, and then they decide, well, what do I buy to not only is, you, you know, you can put your old Israeli defense hat back on, but I always say that you know, you know, Jeff Bezos and Amazon, they didn't buy the Washington Post because Bezos believed in journalism. I mean, they bought it one for intelligence, uh, and two to be able to get their message out. Right? You buy one of the most important, you know, one of the richest men in the world buys one of the most uh, important papers historically in the United States. You know, it's something that that you know he can then use to help his business. And I don't fault him for that, but it is what it is. And of course, you know, I've had plenty of run-ins with the, with this fake news, but what you're allowing here, really, when you come down to it, this allows the good journalists that are out there. And I do believe there are a lot of good ones out there, but they know they don't want to get fired by their, mm -hmm. you know, by their benefactors. And you allow these people like a Glenn Greenwald to be totally independent. They're not beholden to you because they can leave mm -hmm. and take their creators. Yep. You know, he could go back to Substack if he if he wanted to. He wouldn't have the video, but but he could go to hypothetically he could go to YouTube and go to Substack. Right, yep. he could leave you tomorrow and 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 go do that. And so this is, I think, I hope maybe this is you know knock on wood here. What uh, what you're building here uh, is that ability for somebody independent to to truly be an independent journalist that is only beholden to the people that give them $2 a month or $5 a month, something, whatever the subscription costs are. Exactly. I think that the answer for free speech, as a lot of people are saying, is more speech. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, definitely the solution, because media hold a lot of power, right, as you mentioned before. I yeah. mean, when you have, and uh, when you control the narrative, you control a lot of things. And the way to break out of it, and I think that what COVID also showed us, people have to think independently. And I'm not, even though I, I run a tech company, I'm not here to decide what's going to be shown in my uh, platform. There is the laws of the United States that we have to follow and the terms of service. But outside of those, 
those are independent creators and people can choose, people are smart enough to choose who they want to listen to and we are here uh, to essentially empower them. So that's exactly uh, what we do and what we see also where the industry is going. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's uh, about a year and a half ago, I became a citizen in the United States and what I learned and this, with this process that I'm doing and with this journey that happened to me with locals and now with Rumble, Mm-hmm. is there is one thing that I, I think it's the most important thing to fight for and what United States stand for. And sometimes Americans don't understand it. It's freedom. United States stands for freedom and you can't take it um, for granted because in other places around the world, um, um, in, in, in a lot of other countries, you don't really have the freedom to express yourself in this way. And that's what's unique for this place. So I see it as what we do and what you do as well is essentially empowering people to keep raising their voice and people can choose where they want to listen to. And this is really the way that I believe that also uh, the new media will emerge by empowering independent creators. Yeah. And so let's get back to, so you brought us through, I think people now have a pretty good understanding of what, what Locals is, but yeah. then you created it. And then somebody that I'm very familiar with, Rumble, uh, because I was the first person in the you know in the United States. Really, it was me. I always joke yep. that it was me and animal videos. You know, when I <laughs> when I went to Rumble, uh, when Rumble was before they were located in in, in Sarasota, uh, I was in Congress and I needed a place to go because I knew that I was being shadow banned on YouTube for my little podcast, my little video podcast, and so that people, you know, could find it. Uh, yeah. Actually, so I. So I went to Rumble, and it was me and uh, you know cat videos, dog videos, that that sort of thing. Uh, but after that, then you actually end up meeting with Rumble, and maybe talk a little bit about that, how that all went down. Of course. So as we um, built locals, we wanted to uh, find other companies that are thinking in the same way. And when I say thinking in the same way, are companies that a support free speech, and b want to give more power to creators. And we also, one of the challenges that we had, um, the same as any other uh, tech company, we hosted our uh, solution on, on big tech platform, and we knew that that was our Achilles heel. So we wanted to see how we can uh, do it in a better way. And then we got familiar with Rumble, that some of our creators use Rumble. And um, I, got, I was very impressed uh, by working with some of the management team on Rumble, and we uh, quickly decided that there is synergy over there, and we said, what if we are going uh, to create uh, an integration and a partnership together? And as we start to discuss and we learn more about uh, uh, the goals that Rumble is doing, we just decided that it's going to make more sense for us to merge and do it together. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep building tools for creators that will empower them to be independent. Now we have the leverage um, of using the infrastructure that Rumble has. Right. which is uh, more immune for cancel culture. So we can provide this benefit. The same uh, thing we use at True Social. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I think um, what we are doing, we are creating a new ecosystem. And we understood that if we really want to go far, we have to work together and we have to create alliances. And for us, Rambel just made sense from, uh, from ideology, from the personals that was there, and also from the vision and how we see the future that we decided uh, to merge together. And uh, we did it, of course, before um, uh, Rumble went public. It was also quite an experience to see. And now um, we are um, joining the fight and, and, and really are here to build a new ecosystem for content creators. Yeah, it's exciting. It's yeah. exciting you have. I, mean, I think the success of uh, Glenn Greenwald has been, been amazing. Yeah, um, I think. You know, he just went to Rumble and I noticed that, you know, he started a new show, I don't know, maybe November, December. I mean, just, I mean, not, we're talking maybe the last, 
45 days or so. Yep. And, uh, you know, he started and, you know, he get, you know, 10,000 views and then 20,000 views. And now, like this last week, I mean, he's had like, in just in January, he's had millions of views. Like he already has surpassed like everything he got in the first 45 days uh, on his Rumble news show. Yep. That also, if you follow him on on Locals, which is, it interacts pretty yep. easily because you can switch between Locals. And if you go to his Locals channel, then you can read uh, what he's writing, and you can also see this is something. This is something uh, that's interesting. So he'll do his Rumble news show, and then afterwards, if you're a subscriber on on Locals, you can switch over, and you can interact, collect with uh, Glenn Greenwald, and you can actually ask him questions. Correct. Part of what uh, we see as the new media that we are also seeing is how we can involve the audience as well and people that are uh, supporting the creators. So the model that Glenn is doing, uh, or Russell Brand is doing as well, uh, they have a show on, on Rumble, and now we have more and more creators that are joining Rumble uh, because it's an amazing distribution channel for those guys. And as you mentioned, I think the viewership speak for themselves and, and a lot of uh, people are, are choosing Rumble to actually consume their content. We want to give a, a, a different experience. And the experience that we want to give is that they are doing their show, but then they have a way to interact with their uh, core supporters, with their uh, paid subscribers behind the paywall in a place that is more intimate where they can answer questions. Yeah. And we actually see it as something that's going to also uh, change a little bit the way that a content creator will interact with uh, their audience, and it's unique to locals. So on locals, everything is built on top of a community. So a lot of our creators are getting the best ideas or are hiring people for their team from inside of the community of their supporters. So that's exactly uh, part of what we, part of the value that creators today are getting on locals. Yeah, and we're only at the beginning. I mean, it's really exciting, exciting times to be involved uh, in building out all this infrastructure. I mean, I always, I kind of, uh, when I'm out speaking to people, is you know, everybody understands what true social is, right? I mean, we're social networking, right? right? It's it's you know combination. We always we're trying to take the best of Twitter, the best of Facebook, the best of Instagram, put it into one platform, so that you know we're like the 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 we're the tide that lifts lifts all the boats. Everyone understands what Rumble does because they're video, right? They can do massive video all over all over the world. Take all the you know take as much uh, you know. As, I mean, I think they've been you know, successful. I think Steven Crowder was at on election night was, you know, set all time records uh, for his election night show after he got banned or booted from, from YouTube. And then you, uh, then, you know, you move forward. Uh, they have cloud, which everybody understands what cloud is. So mm -hmm. they're, they're now, you don't have to go rely on somebody who might cancel you like say Amazon perhaps, because it's happened before we saw it happen to parlor. Uh, and then they're also building out an ad network that and you know we're using us through social we're yep. using all three of those components and what you're adding to this whole this this whole mix is this ability to create these you know so for these independent creators um to really be i, I like the term you use to really be free they're not beholden to to anyone and i think that's a, that's something special that, that you guys are doing um so just the maybe the final topic before I let you go here, because you've been very gracious with your time. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts on, on where we are, where this new paradigm shift is going. And I often tell people that, you know, when I was a kid, we had rabbit ears on the, on television. So we got, you know, 
basically the three major networks, a couple other independents. So you might yeah. have five or six channels. And then we would have the music stations and the you know, AM, FM radio, right? And at that time, you know, you go back to it, you had a Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, uh, you know, they were, they were big. Um, and then slowly more and more people, you know, not only did they get cable in the cities, but then with the satellite dishes on top, you know, this is not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is in the, you know, this is in the early 90s. And then pretty much by the mid 90s, pretty much everybody across the U.S. had access at least to, to you, can, you know, not just the five channels, you can now get, you know, 55 channels yeah. or 100 channels or how, you know, whatever you wanted to pay for. You know, this is, you know, when ESPN came along and that sort of thing. Well, at the same time, Fox News comes along and Roger Ailes and creates, says, look, you know, I'm going to create this, you know, center news, right, uh, independent news. Um, and everybody thought that he would fail. But, of course, and, you know, he built, you know, really a, a, a massive uh, empire. Um, and now what's happening is, so if you go back to, you know, just five or six years ago when... I was, you know, in the middle of in Congress dealing with all the corruption, and I was really on the at least on the center right side. Um, you know, there were those same kind of the the Rush Limbaugh's, the Sean Hannity's. You know, those guys they were all you know great. A lot of in a lot of the the, the big uh, radio stations yep. all over the country. So I was reliant on 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 them really to get my message out because the fake news was making up lies about you know the the Russia hoax. Um, and I could get onto Fox News. Then you had a little bit of, say, a Newsmax and OAN. Um, and that was kind of all there was mm -hmm. on, the, on the center right. And then slowly then, then came podcasts. And so, anyway, I was one of the first guys, first guys in Congress to actually create a podcast. And then you have videocast. And now what's happening is there's, you know, there's only so many eyeballs, but, but there's been almost this balkanization, so to speak, where even you go back, Two years ago, something like this didn't even exist, mm -hmm. right? And so now it's giving, you know, all of these people the you know, to allow them to be independent, and it's it's essentially th this information flow is really being you know this it's it's being balkanized, you know, meaning that it's just splitting into a, a lot of fragments. Yep. And I'd like to just kind of get your kind of as the last question here, you know. So that view that I just laid out for the audience here, how do you see, do you agree with that, one? And two, how do you see this playing out? Are we just at the beginning of this? Is it going to ultimately come back together? Or is it going to continue to balkanize where there's going to be more and more creators? What do you, what do you think? How should, we, how should we look at it? Yeah, it's interesting because when you think about the arc of technology overall, it's always about bundling and unbundling. Right? If you think about the music industry, you bundle and you unbundle. You put stuff together and then you, you, you put it apart. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think we are at a time of unbundling. So we, we are unbundling from the main network, as you said. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we see it for the ratings and the viewership, as we discussed, right? You see that it's, it's shifting away to independent creators. And I think you have more and more tools that people will do it. I think we are at a time that uh, we're going to keep unbundling because you're going to have more people that can tap into this game. Now everyone that have a connection to the internet can start a podcast mm -hmm. and put it everywhere around the world. So the opportunities are much greater, right, than how it was like a few years ago that if you had the right connection and you are part of the network, it's only a small 
segment of the people that can actually do what they are doing now. And I think we see it also with the number of people that want to be content creator. I think it's the, if you ask a teenager what they want to do, and they did like a survey, most of them want to be YouTubers today, right? Yeah. So more people- TikTokers will, probably. Some of them TikToker yeah. and some of them will go and, and, and do stuff that are more meaningful, right? I think TikTok, it's a topic by itself that we can uh, discuss, but we, we should do stuff that are good for the education of our um, generation and our kids. I do think that we are at a time of unbundling. I do think that more content creators um, are going to be independent. And when you think about it for a second, when everything started, you needed a um, um, platform like Apple and Google were necessary because they owned the phone, right? And you needed to start from there. And then on top of it, you build application like uh, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter that content creator needed to go and build the audience. Now where the future is, the new asset class are the independent creators because they have the audience. And if you have the audience and if you are on platform that will give you uh, this ownership and will not censor you, and you can be on uh, Truth Social and you can be on Rumble and you can open your own uh, community on locals, you are creating an ecosystem that will allow you to keep being independent and maybe you're gonna be the next uh, uh, Sean Hannity uh, uh, or, or you will create the next uh, Fox network that will come from independent creators. So that's what I think that will happen. Those independent creators will keep uh, unbundling, but then we're going to see some type of bundling around them, and it's going to start to form uh, networks that are built by independent creators. Well, Saf, thank you for your time today. Thank you. This has been, been very informative, and the next time I'm uh, down in Miami... I'll be in here and hopefully I'll sit down and we'll get an update on everything that's going on. But good luck. It's going to be a big year for, for all of us. And uh, we're just so uh, thankful for your support uh, over the last, last year as we've launched our, our product at True Social. And I know that we're going to work closely together. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed. We'll catch you next time.